sex is fun. You know, it's great when you have that connection and, and the love that goes along with it, but just raw animal sex is fucking hot. And who wouldn't want to do that all day, every day? My sex life has always been like trial and error. You know, like you, you try something, do you like it, yes or no? And uh, then you move on from there. For me, bad sex is when you allowed something to happen when you should have said no. First you have the sex, and then you have the sex you want. Hi, welcome back. I'm Philip Banks, and I'm your host for the Audio Sex Party. I'm really happy you've joined us. Turns out gay guys like talking about sex. Big surprise. It's a rich subject, and when we get talking about our sex lives, it can go in all sorts of directions. I know this because together with some friends, I hosted three audio sex parties, where a few dozen men shared intimate details about the sex they have and the sex they want. From these conversations, we pulled out 10 themes that we've woven into our first season of this podcast, for your oral pleasure. On the last episode of the podcast, we heard guys talk about kink. And on this episode, we'll be hearing guys talk about consent. So, you know, think about coming in. And if you want to, join the party. So my assistant told me about this. So when he has a hookup, it is... He knows exactly what is going to... I'm going to blow you first, and then you're going to blow me, and then we're going to do this, and then we're going to do that. It's all pre-negotiated. There's no, like... um, uh, spontaneity. spontaneity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's such an interesting statement about consent and the importance of consent. But at the same time, it's... Yeah. It's, no, but at the same time, it's also, you know, we get to order everything over the internet exactly the way we want yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's it's like, it's like I'm a person. I'm not, I'm not a hamburger. You can't right. just dress me the way you want. Like, it's like we're going to... Yeah. There's going to be some kind of organic chemistry. Dyn- the dynamic. And I'm like a brick, right? Yeah. By the time I leave my home and come to your home, something may have changed for me. No, he, yeah. he even says that there's like a time The online hookup scene is very interesting. It presents very, like, really interesting opportunities for consent because you are physically removed from the other person. Hi, my name is Ahmed. I'm a longtime community worker activist and human rights worker at a party well i'm selective like i don't go to every party i'm invited to uh i i I like to like talk to a few people you know and i like to dance like those are the two things that i enjoy the most i'm not gonna like get up and dance for any song but definitely there's a chance to dance and there's some good music i'll do that and if there's the opportunity to talk to interesting people um I'll try to do that as much as I can. There is this app that's mediating your interaction. So you cannot, like, you, like you, they don't have your cell phone number. They don't have your email address. They don't have your address. So it, everything has to be, like, consensual and negotiated in terms of at least getting in contact with each other and meeting at a physical location. So it provides some safety, and it's in some ways a platform for negotiating consent. In other ways, it produces real problems around consent. Um, in terms of like the, it's particularly around grinder and hookup apps. The often men won't meet you unless you send them a picture of your penis, uh, like of your naked body. 
uh, of your face. There's and for very good reason, right? It's like, well, what am I uh, getting myself into? Who am I contacting? You know. Um, but then it really changes the nature of like how we negotiate sex because to be able to connect with somebody uh, off these platforms and you you're almost compelled to give this sort of information which is a new development in history but i i don't think that other than the whole like picture sharing thing uh i don't think like some of the challenges that used to happen with cruising and with casual sex and gay men's community were just digitized so that they're they're like most of the problems are not new right most of the risks are not new um the way they're being facilitated is new. You know, I like everybody's being rejected, like in person, like at a bathhouse, somebody just grabbing your dick and being like, it's not big enough. I'm like, mm. I know what you're looking for. I'm not at work, you know? <laughs> yeah. We won't bump into each other again. Trust. It's like a buffet here. It yeah, keeps, totally. Keep stopping. <laughs> Get what you need. Uh, I think something to be said for gay men and some of the sophisticated ways in which we like negotiate our sexuality with each other is that like you can fully have consensual sex where you negotiate what acts you will engage in without ever talking to somebody. Um, that happens all the time. Like it happens in dark rooms when, you, when like the dark rooms aren't that loud, you know, and there isn't a lot of conversation, but the, the caress of a hand on a shoulder on the middle of the back, you know, touching someone, turning someone, all of these things, and they're often done a little bit slower than normal um, so that it gives the other person a chance to, like, resist, turn away, turn into. So these these are ways that gay men um, have not only created the spaces for sex, but created space to negotiate sex, right, In and negotiate consent. That being said... There's also a lot of non-consensual things that are happening in those spaces, right? Um, one of the big issues is that substance use. Substance use is definitely a challenge in our community. Um, you know, we, we know that we have seven times, gay men have seven times the rates of alcoholism, twice the amount of binge drinking as heterosexual men. So if part of consent is the person has to know what's going on, they cannot be intoxicated, and they, like, freely and consciously consent. But if you're like wasted on drugs and alcohol, how much consent can you give at all? Right? Like that's a serious question. Well, even at these, uh, these kind of, uh, you know, traditional, uh, sex kink themed weekends, like mm -hmm. an IML or a mid Atlantic leather or something. And, and, and it, and it predates, right. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but it predates the, the, the me too movement by a couple of years, but it's been really, um, uh, an active topic for about three years now. Consent, um, consent in these leather weekends is mm. it, so. Say so. Say you're in gear and you're at the event and you've got the wristband and the dog tags and you're obviously here to be part of it. And you're in a crowded elevator. Someone grabs your ass. Oh my gosh! Like you know, and like I might be fine with that, and you might totally not be fine with that. And I might be fine if you did it, and not be fine if you did it. And it raises all these all these issues of consent. And there were a lot of conversations, um, you know, about, you know, it's like, does 
entering the festival yeah. is that it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just because you're wearing submissive gear or fetish gear does not give consent to anyone to touch you unless you choose and you say so. There have been some people at events where I've had my people go to who have had their ass grabbed or, you know, touched. And by all means, you have every right to tell the individual no and that they don't have their your permission and you... I've there's been several times where I've ripped a new one to a, a dominant or another person because they have touched one of my guy's balls or asses or grabbed one of the girls' chest. That was Sir Christian Andrews. He was a guest at one of the audio sex parties. On episode two of the podcast, we heard Sir Christian talking about kink and the BDSM community. Consent is extremely important. It's one of the main factors before anything is done. Before um, you apply touch or word or arrange anything, you have to get to know the person. You have to verify your similar interests, what it means to the other person, what they're used to, how they like things. As a dominant, you have to be able to also express what it is that you're capable of doing, what you want out of the session. So it's more like a negotiation of the submissive or slave person saying, I want this, I like it this way, I want to be treated in this manner, and the dominant to be able to say, yes, I can give you that safely, or no, I can't, and that's not my thing, and move on. So it's a little bit more, there's a hell of a lot more communication than anything else. I committed to all this stuff, but maybe I didn't really want to do it all. My sex life has always been like trial and error. You know, like you you try something, you, do you like it? Yes or no? And uh, then you move on from there. Like I'm I'm very much like I always have FOMO. I'm always like feeling left out. So I want to try something. Like for for example, like I've tried where like someone puts a gag and you know maybe your hands are tied up and. You know, I liked it in the moment, and there's always that thing, you like it in the moment, but then when you think back after, you're like, okay, maybe, you know, that w- that's not for you. But also consent is something where I'm also learning about that, consent. Um, consent, it's complex, right? Yeah. A lot more complex than we, we think about going yeah. into it. It's more in the sense that, you know, as I get older, I understand more what I'm, what pleasures me and what doesn't pleasure me. Um, and then to communicate that to whoever I'm like having sex with because you know as I said I'm open to a lot of different things but now that I know what I like kind of um, I am able to tell that to the person that I'm sleeping with if you don't speak the language it's even worse because you don't know what you're being asked to do you don't know what kind of negotiation is happening if you don't understand the language hi my name is Gerardo Betancourt um, people in Toronto, my friends call me Jerry. Um, from Mexico, I moved to Canada in 2000. So it's going to be, it's been 19 years. Next year is going to be 20 years I live here. Uh, I'm gay. Uh, I've been studying, um, I've been working in sexual health for 14 years and I've been studying gay. Particularly, I'm interested in looking into interracial uh, sexual health practices between Latinos and white men. 
So I was another party, but I love talking about sexualities. I love talking about dating. I love talking about gay life. And I love talking about how people connect and uh, the difficulties, barriers and stuff that we face every single day in trying to be happy. For instance, one time somebody asked me on Grindr if I... I didn't know what uh, party and play was like PMP, and then I he told me, "Oh, do you like to like to to um, use substances or stuff?" And I was like, "Yes." And then he said, "What is your substance of choice?" And I say, "Red wine." And I was like, "Then my friends told me like, no, they were looking for other kind of information, but red wine supposedly or arguably was not um is not necessarily uh, connected to party and play." Anyways, um. Like that, I have tons of examples. Many of them, I like to think at this point, are funny. But when you go to somebody's place and then you thought you negotiated something and you have these expectations and things are not happening the way you thought they were happening, it could be dangerous. Like a sexual hell and other things that we know happen. Uh, if you don't know what you are arguing or what you are negotiating, it could be an issue. I remember one of my first sexual experiences um, was with a guy, he was older, I was like, uh, back then we called it a chicken, <laughs> I was chicken, <laughs> I guess he was a hawk, um, oh, that's old school. now they call it twink, <laughs> so I was yeah. a twink, no. and so this guy had no lube, and I was like, oh, okay, like, we're not doing that without lube, and he brought some Vicks vapor rub, and I was what? like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, you put that on your dick first. I'm going to get my shoes on and leave. Yeah. And that was really like the first time I realized like I could say no. Yeah. Right? And I didn't know that before, right? So you bad sex for me is when it is one-sided. And I'm happy that you touched on because for me, bad sex is when you allowed something to happen when you should have said no. I think what is important to think about race and sexuality, sexualities, because in order to understand why somebody finds white men attractive, that situation didn't start when the person moved to Canada or got here. That situation started many, many years ago, centuries ago, from the times of the colony when Spain went and conquered those countries and all the racialized situation that happened there and how that gets replicated here with the language, with uh, maybe the immigration status, with maybe the knowledge, with maybe the person who you are meeting has the possibilities to offer you a better life if you agree to be with that person. I'm talking about particularly about newcomers and immigrants. I work every day. Uh, I understand that for many of them, finding the protection of somebody who's more secure, with more access to like having a career, having a life, having an apartment, having where to live, becomes part of the equation. And it, this is very sad because we hear about this all the time in which many newcomers, many immigrants sacrifice um, their agency or their decision-making because they basically need to be with someone because they don't have where to sleep or they don't have uh, the job that they can actually buy their own meals or they depend on someone for giving them the immigration status they need in order to stay in Canada. So sexualities, whatever happens in the bedroom, 
has many replications that happens in the social setting. And what happens in the social setting gets replicated in the bedroom as well. When two people with different cultures get together, they're making love, they're having sex, you can see the clash of two wars colliding, two cultures, two different histories, languages, music, the way we smell, what we eat. It's so connected in the persons, the individuals we are. And when you're having sex, daddy gets multiplied in, in ways that we necessarily not fully understand because we reflect, reflect to those as good sex or that he's attractive or he's like bad sex or like things like that. But connection, connection has many human dimensions that we need to understand when we're talking about sexual health. Because it's not only talking about who is going to wear the condom, if you're going to be a top or bottom, or we're just going to masturbate, or you're going to come in my mouth. We need to be more specific talking about how do we connect with others in these meaningful ways. That's what I think. That's why I think it's important to have discussions, community discussions like these efforts, so people can talk with their friends, with their co-workers, with the lovers. And, uh, and maybe find better ways to socialize in which people don't get hurt, in which people can manage better um, personal policies of public health, sexual health. Thanks for joining the Audio Sex Party. On this episode, you heard... Ahmed. Gerardo Betancourt. Sir Christian Andrews. But we also heard lots of other voices, too. And we want to thank them for coming to the party and sharing their stories. Join us next time. We'll cuddle up close and talk about intimacy. The sex that I want is meaningful, it's deep, it's passionate, it's exciting, it's adventurous, it's dirty. It's lustful, it's sloppy, it's messy, it's safe. And how do I find it? Well, God knows Craigslist shut down their shit, so that ain't happening. And Tinder, I've swiped more left than I have right. And uh, I don't know, it's kind of hard to navigate. It's hard to navigate how to find something that you're looking for when everybody else says they're looking for the same things you do, but it's not on the same level. The way I get the sex I want is by being fabulous and by being good.